Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. of the reality is as always it's newer i'm here joined with my brother raheel after a break hello are you gonna ask where i was or what i was up <laughs> to or <laughs> well i um i don't know if i have to pretend i do know where you were and what you were up to where were you and what were you up to <laughs> hey if you think you know everything then why don't you tell me where i was and what i was up to well so i guess uh two weeks ago we went to rochester which was lovely yes. is that the reason why we didn't record because we had too much no. going on no well, you seem to think that you know everything about me, don't you? And you don't. I'm no, sorry I took a I took a mental health break. Actually, oh, how yeah, was that for you? Don't you feel like shit? Not at all. Um, <laughs> you seem exactly the same to me um, as before to now. So, <laughs> you know what's weird? It's were made. You know what's weird? Mm-hmm. I feel. <laughs> you said whatever efforts were made, it's negligible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what's weird is I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while, even though that's not true at all. I, in fact, I have seen more of you in the last like 10 days than I usually do. But because I didn't record with you, I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Isn't that strange? It is a little bit strange, but do we have to, I think we've we've covered this before, but do we have two different personas? Do we have a podcast persona and do we have a real life persona? You know, I was thinking that that's probably true. But we did spend a lot of time in a car together. And the whole time we, we were talking, I was like, we should have recorded this. <laughs> <laughs> I was too. I was like, some of this, I was like, some of this is good content. 
Yeah, these are bangers. Yeah. But if you were to ask me right now, what was it that was said? No idea. I don't remember. I remember uh, there being some deep cuts into our psyches, which was nice. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously it's because we were, it was just the two of us on a car, in a car for yeah. five and a half hours um, in the middle of the night. So that was part yeah. of it. But it was, uh, yeah. you know, I'll say I, I had a lovely drive with you, both going there and coming back. I think we should do it more often. Hmm. I think it was a once one time deal for me. <laughs> All right. I'm fine. good. I'm good. I think if we were to take a drive like that again, I would need a third person there. Yeah, no, I, I think I mean by the end of it, some of by the end of it, we were kind of running out of topics. <laughs> I was like I was like, I think we've already covered this trauma before. Ten hours in a car together over twenty four hours is too many hours. It is too many hours, yeah. That's true. Um, hey, I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, do you care about July 4th? Do I care about July 4th? I think I do. I think I, in terms of, uh, Nash or holidays of the, of the year, um, I have a very positive, uh, feeling about 4th of July. I've all, I always have had a very positive feeling. How do you feel about it? I don't feel positively about it and i might even feel negatively about it Ooh, we gotta get into this because mine is like overwhelmingly positive i think overwhelmingly positive i think so yeah okay tell talk to me about your feelings why do you like july 4th so i was i went back to like the first fourth of july that i remembered um mm-hmm. and it was one that i wasn't here for so back in 93 93 is the first time we came to america right to visit mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. came i think on like july 10th or something like that so we mm-hmm. had just missed fourth of july Mm-hmm. But um, that 4th of July, it turns out, um, there was a big wrestling event. Um, and our friends in Pennsylvania were big wrestling fans. Uh, mm-hmm. So I kept watching clips of this wrestling event. It was basically this guy named Lex Luger, um, who was like this big <laughs> American hero, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, it was held, I think, on the New York uh, pier on a warship. There was this, um, there was this uh, Japanese wrestler, in quotes, uh, named Yokozuna. I do um, remember him. Yeah, yes. and Yokozuna, by the way, Japanese wrestler uh, in the WWF, uh, actually a Samoan guy from San Francisco. Yeah, um, related to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Probably, yeah. No, yes, w- confirmed. Confirmed he was related to him because yeah, it, he was cousins with my friend <laughs> from the sixth grade. Yes, and he just just an American dude. Anyways, yeah. Uh, the big thing, the big uh, promotion or whatever, the big thing about that day was that nobody could body slam. Uh, Yokozuna because he was 600 pounds um, so <laughs> the clip that they kept showing was Lex Luger landing on the warship uh, on a helicopter and he was wearing like this American flag shirt and he walked up and he picked up Lex Luger first of all he took his American flag shirt off and he was just wearing like uh, really uh, blue denim jeans um, and, <laughs> then he, and then he body slammed Yokozuna um, and it was like a big American thing um, so I watched that clip probably like 25 times in the summer of 1993. And I was like, 4th of July looks freaking awesome. Um, and then after we moved here, I think the first 4th of July was the Independence Day 4th, like the mm-hmm. movie Independence Day, mm-hmm. which is also awesome. So and then as a kid, 4th of July, always in the summer, you know, mm-hmm. I'm happy I'm off of school. Um, mm-hmm. As an adult, it's nice when it's in the middle of the week like this. Because mm-hmm. it kind of feels like you just get a whole week off in the middle of summer because people take breaks and stuff like that. So, wow, there you go. Look at you. You know, you're describing this wrestling thing to me, 
And Mm -hmm. maybe I think too much in like nowadays lens, but it sounds like a deeply like anti-Asian. Oh, deep. Oh, no, no. (laughs) Deeply offensive. Unbelievably offensive. I'm like, wow, this is so racist. Like I. Extremely racist. Yes. (laughs) You must go back to the mind of a 10 year old. I was 10 at that time. I just saw this guy in blue jeans. No, it's not your fault. It's like, whatever. What's that guy's name? Um, yeah, Vince McMahon. He's Vince one of the worst McMahon. people in the world. He's a terrible one. human being. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, God. Well, I'm... And then it's funny that you as a... I guess I am upset with you as a 10-year-old. Because I'm like, you watched that and you thought, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> of course I did. You wouldn't think that's awesome. No. So I never got into have- wrestling. Well, so what's your big beef with uh, 4th of July? (laughs) Um, You know, sometimes, like, I think it's because, I think it's because, and I've talked about this before, but I think it's just because I feel like I'm not a patriotic person at all. Like, at all. I'm not a patriot of any type. I don't, I've, Mm. one might call me disloyal, okay? Tyrannical even. (laughs) Tyrannical? No. (laughs) Yes, right? Is tyrannical the right word I'm looking for? No, tyrannical is somebody that wants to that that is a tyrant. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm thinking about traitor. And yes, I'm an you idiot. Are. <laughs> anyway. Treasonous. Trez yes, treasonous. There you go. Um I just don't I don't believe in patriotism. I think it's dumb. And maybe I feel that way because I was born in a country that didn't necessarily keep me, make me a part of it. And then I would visit a country that I was technically a part of, but I never felt like I belonged there. And then I came to America and I felt like it was very confusing for me to tell people, like, they were like, where are you from? And I'd say Saudi Arabia. And they'd be like, do you speak Arabic? And I'd be like, no. And they'd be like, why not? And I'd be like, my family is actually from Pakistan. And they'd be like, so you're Pakistani? And I'd be like, yeah. And then it was just confusing. It was a confusing time. So I've always struggled with like, I've never felt like I'm like one particular, like I don't belong to a certain country. I can say I belong to certain cultures, right? There's parts of like even Middle Eastern, like even as a South Asian who grows up in the Middle East, that's a very specific culture that like people who are South Asian who ever lived in the Middle East only yet, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think that there is, specific cultures that I resonate with, but I don't feel like there is like a flag, like a country's flag that I root for. Like even during like the World Cup and stuff, like I don't necessarily have like a feeling about, you know what? I will say as I'm thinking about this, the only time I have felt excited about the United States at all is during the Olympic, during the Olympics for gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the only 96? time. I, yes. The 1996 Kerry Strug gymnastics like that was like i really enjoyed dominique mochiano when i was younger and who's the other one dominique dawes Uh, dominique dawes or dominique dunn dominique dawes Dawes, you're right yeah Yeah. and so i i think those are the only times i've ever felt like excited to be associated with america but i think that i just don't feel very patriotic at all and i feel that being super patriotic includes like an exclusion of somebody else. So I think that is why I don't feel very strongly about July 4th. And it feels like just something that's not for me. It just doesn't feel like it's for me. I also like 
<laughs> I recently felt <laughs> like when I was driving around and like, you know, the leading up to the weekend or whatever, there's like a lot of stores that have like a fuck ton of American flags outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I see a fuck ton of American flags outside, <laughs> I feel a little bit unsafe. I mean, I get it. It's. Right. I think if it's if it's one American flag, I, I get. I, I think it's easy to get like that, that that swell of pride um, under the right circumstances. Maybe for you, that's not even possible with one. Um, yeah. But when you see multiple, like when you see uh, somebody hoarding onto American flags, you do go, "Hey, hey, buddy, what's what's going on? What's going <laughs> what's on over going here? What's going on here? What, what yeah. are you trying to say?" Yeah, exactly. It's too much. Like I just, I think that there's just cool it. Cool it with the American flags, okay? <laughs> I just think it's too much. And I just, like, I don't know. And maybe I'm a trash person because obviously there's a lot of – I'm not a trash person. I'm surprised. I thought no. you were going to say, well, yes, you are, but um, – I, I just I just, uh, I just, just said no with my face, and I didn't say it because I wanted you to just live with that for a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like – I have never, uh, I, I don't, I mean, this is fucked up. I just don't get it. Like, I don't get patriotism. I don't understand it. So, I mean, I don't know if it's, uh, I mean, patriotism as a whole or American patriotism do you not get? Well, like, American patriotism, I, uh, here's the thing. I actually get American, I get, I understand patriotism as a whole, but I also think like, like, I think that American patriotism confuses me because so much of being American is sold to you that you don't necessarily like, I don't know, I guess it's complicated. Like America wants to be this country that's like, we're so welcoming of everybody, but then there's like a very specific American culture that feels very, is that is very white, right? So yeah. I think that part of it, like I, even in Pakistan, right, I understand when people are from Pakistan or have lived in Pakistan and they're very patriotic about Pakistan because Pakistan's also just a couple of years old. Like it's a fairly new yeah. country and people who were involved in the creation of that country or around alive when the country was made are still here. So I think that like, or they're just one generation removed from the, the elders and most of our families. So I feel like they have a lot of reason for feeling that patriotism because they've literally lived through the creation of the country. Mm-hmm. I so that I understand a little bit more. I think American patriotism, I'm like, everybody has been free for quite some time now. Okay. Maybe we give it a rest. So I think it may actually come down to when we moved here. Well it comes down to two things. It it move it comes down to our ages when we moved here and also mm-hmm. the fact that I'm male and you're female. Um I think I came here at kind of a perfect age to kind of um, uh, eat up all of that American idealism bullshit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so like even with this wrestling example, right? It's like a very masculine memory. I think 4th of July overall is supposed to be like this very, like it's when you so think about masculine. it, like baseball and barbecue and apple pie and all that bullshit, right? For like a dumb guy. That stuff is awesome. You know what I mean? It's just easy to really, really eat that shit up, right? Yeah. So that's one part of it. I think the second part of it for me, when I think about American patriotism, right? For me, it's not just like the white guy's patriotism, which is 
what you see and that's kind of like the marketing of fourth of july is like Mm -hmm. the white guy american patriotism for me it's more of like an immigrant holiday also like Mm -hmm. i am able to like think about all of the immigrants within my fourth of july so like um you know i get really excited about well no i don't get really excited about the olympics now i don't think but i think back to like 2008 right 2008 is my favorite american summer because it was the summer of barack obama right yeah so even though it's like this big you know it's it's america and of course america is you know primarily run by white people um there is this voice there's this excitement about somebody different right and even within like the obama coalition there was a lot of like old white people right and like those Mm -hmm. american ideals and all that stuff and like you know, whatever I, um, I I picked up from watching The West Wing over and over again, all of that bullshit, right? Which is, <laughs> I understand it is marketing, but I do believe in like the core of that stuff, right? Like the land of the opportunity, like the, the land of opportunity, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I remember what I, re- I remember what America felt like when we were growing up, when we weren't in America. Like, mm-hmm. I remember like that feeling of, okay, we're going to go there and your lives and your fortunes change because they actually do. Right. It is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am completely aware of how lucky we are to be here. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I think about Fourth of July, that's kind of what I'm thinking about is, OK, I am very lucky to be here. Um, this country is there's a lot of bullshit going on in the country right now. Oh, yeah. But, just recently, <laughs> as recently yes. as Friday, <laughs> as recently as three days ago. Yes. Yeah. And um, it's it's becoming sadder and sadder to see how. Um, some brown people think about this country now. Um, so that stuff is tough, right? I think at the end of the day still, I think like those, you know, like those American ideals will win out because when I think about like the rest of the world, right? Like right now, when you think about America, you're like, you know, some of this stuff is so backwards and this is embarrassing. So, bullshit, and it's embarrassing, yeah. right? Yeah. I still think if we're going to resolve a lot of these things, a lot of these social issues, it starts in America because America has the biggest microphone, which is the reason why it's, it's important to have like smart, healthy, hopeful conversations. Yeah. When you say that you don't like the way that some Brown people think about America, what do you mean by that? Well, some Brown people um, come to America, right. And they only think about it as the land of opportunity, which is what it is, right. Which is what we, which is what's been drilled into our heads, which mm-hmm. is you come here and you just, you go to school, you work hard and then you work, you get into a good college and you work hard, then you get a good job and you work hard you, and then you don't have any debts and mm-hmm. everything is, you know, you have fulfilled your American dream, right? Part mm-hmm. of the American dream to me is the, is like the big experiment, right? Like the experiment of having all these different types of people. Um, yeah. And we're not really we're not really looking at that picture anymore. We're just really kind of focused on being model minorities and mm-hmm. only thinking about ourselves, right? Yeah. And then when we see stuff in the culture, we're just like, hey, we were able to come here and make it. Why, you know, if the rest of these people aren't making it, it must be their own fault without yeah. looking at the overall picture, right? So I think yeah. that is, you know, that it's, I don't think it's a thing that comes out of hate. I think it's a thing that comes out of just, being driven to succeed and that's all you're thinking about yeah i think a lot of the american dream that like our parents had and stuff right was obviously rooted in like 
uh, in like a certain type of success, right? Um, and I think what's hard is that we are very – not, it's not hard. I think that's something that most South Asians should know, and I think this is especially – uh, important considering the affirmative action shit that happened last week. Like if it wasn't for the civil rights movement, we would not be allowed in this country. Like the, the immigrant, the immigration that happened from Asia and South Asia in the 1960s would not have happened if it wasn't for the civil rights movement. So when we come, our people come into this country and then they look down on um, black people or undocumented people and are like, why can't they get it together? Mm-hmm. It's a very different road that they, that, that people that were born in this country who are black have had to a different, very different path that they've had to walk than us who came here a lot of times with money. Like we came here with money. We came here kind of set up to succeed. So it's very easy for like Asians, especially South Asians to like, thrive here and then forget that there's people that have been struggling for a lot longer and they're still fighting for their rights. And every time we look down on them when they protest or anything like that, we're actually shooting ourselves in the foot because their struggle is our struggle too. Because when they lose their rights, we lose our rights also. And that's not a reason why we should care. It's just because we would lose our rights. We should care because it's the decent human thing to do. But it's something that I wish that like, I think that is also part of why I'm so like jaded by it. You know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like 2008. Like, I do think the last time I felt really good and hopeful in this country was the night that Obama won. Like I remember that night so well, we were at 30 rock. Like it was such a magical moment. And I think that's the last time I felt really, really good about being American. And then after that, it's been not great, especially because like, the time before that was like 9-11 and I, that was like my, you know, young adolescence yeah. and it was so bad for me that I am like going to college and during like the Iraq war, like the, the thick of it, it was just really bad. And so 2008 was so incredible. And I think just because the last six years or seven years have been so deeply sad yeah. that I, that I feel like I feel I feel so embarrassed. I'm like, what are you all going out there and shooting up fireworks for? For what? Why are you hoarding so many American (laughs) flags? Get a grip. Like, you know, stuff like that. I mean, you also love an American icon, Bruce Springsteen. He is like Americana. But but that's the thing, right? You saying that he is a symbol of Americana um, is true, right? But if you... uh, Thank you for giving me the, the stage, by the way, to uh, talk about Bruce. <laughs> just shut your mic off for the next five minutes. Um, <laughs> but that is, you know, that is kind of in, exactly indicative of, I think, how I look at this. Right? And if you want to think about somebody like Bruce Springsteen and only and, you know, obviously the most famous example is born in the USA. Right. Mm-hmm. Born in the USA. If you don't listen to the words if you don't understand, all you hear is like this big booming anthem, right? When mm-hmm. it's actually a critical song, right? So for me... You know what? I had no idea. Oh my God. Really? <laughs> you don't know the famous story? So in um, in the 1984 elections, Ronald Reagan played that yeah. as like his campaign song, 
right? And he was like, uh-huh. oh, this is such a great song about like American patriotism from mm-hmm. one of, you know, one of our greatest artists, one of our greatest American artists, Bruce Springsteen, yeah. right? And Bruce Springsteen told him to fucking stop because yeah. he's like, that's not what the song is about. The song is about how the country lets down veterans after they come back from war and how they have trauma. And oh how- my yeah. God, Bruce. There's a reason why he's my number one white, you guys. <laughs> we didn't just... It didn't just happen because I like the songs. He's a great guy. <laughs> it's not just because of his butt and his denim jeans. <laughs> that That is probably number two and number three on the list. But number one is things like, you know, even we're talking about the immigrant experience, right? And there's been a lot of talk about the immigrant experience in like the last, I'd say, 15 years. In 1995, Bruce Springsteen song, uh, wrote a song called The Ghost of Tom Joad, right? Mm-hmm. That song was about the migrants in the Southwest from like Mexico and stuff like that, that come up and have to work on these farms. That's what that song is about. And he wrote that in 1995. Oh my God, Bruce. He wrote a song called 40 Shots in 1999 about like cops killing black people. (gasps) What? Yes. He's a great person. So when I, when I think about honestly, when I think about America and the things that I'm proud of, of like being American and all those things, mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen is the type of person that I think about. And that's the reason why he's so important to me because there is a way that you can be in this country and succeed in this country, but at the same time, be completely aware of where you're living. Right. So like, mm-hmm. if you go back to this affirmative action thing, right. Mm-hmm. As Brown people, if you are, you know, if you don't understand why affirmative action is necessary then you are just being willfully ignorant about the world that you live in, right? Yeah. Because if you're gonna make um, if you're gonna make an argument that hey everybody should be judged equally based on the scores, then you just you're not really looking at the world, yeah. Right? Because that's not how we should be judged. It's not always like a, a test um, in one part of the country d- doesn't exactly tell you everything the same way that um, you know scores from another part of the country would, right? I yeah. Mean, because of the way the education system works, right? So that's what I think about. Wow. I should really give Bruce more of a listen. Yeah, he's the greatest artist of all time. And also, I will say, I think part of, uh, I have also had a very privileged American experience. I never had, you know, people yelling USA, USA at me, which we had. So (laughs) I don't have to bring up my trauma. I do. I do kind of get that. So. (laughs) I don't know if that was a that's just a deep a, a Patreon deep cut, but I'll, <laughs> I'll share it for the list regular listeners. Uh, when I was in a senior in high school, it was a year after nine eleven, and it, we had a senior uh, talent show, and I sang. And when I went up to sing, a bunch of people just started chanting USA. It was not because I was wearing an American uh, American flag. Okay, yeah. let's just say that. And, you know, uh, our mother yeah. and I would just like to apologize to you for doing that at the show. Where- <laughs> <laughs> um, do you like fireworks? Eh, you can take them or leave them. You know, when I'm watching fireworks, like, I will, I will never <laughs> drive to watch fireworks. I think that is a fucking stupid waste of my time, right? Yeah. But if the fireworks are happening and I see them, I go, oh, that's nice. That's great. But... But like the fireworks at Disney, you fucking love. 
they're great, right? But I, it's it's part of the package. It's part of the Disney package. I'm not just going there to see the Disney fireworks. That's Looney Tunes. Those are the only fireworks I care about is Disney fireworks. Like I, I think fireworks are another thing that like also scares me. Like it's another, it's like <laughs> when people have too many fireworks and people have too many American flags, I'm like, you are, you might be a terrorist because that <laughs> is too many explosive it's like too much patriotism. I'm terrified of you now. But like I, you know, I'm I I've gone to see fireworks. I think uh what I'm actually talking all this shit. I literally sat at the National Mall last year in DC <laughs> and watched fireworks with my kids. And I'm like, fireworks are stupid. I went to DC last last year for, for 4th of July. 4th of July. That was for my children. Okay, it was a special moment for my kids. They did love it. They enjoyed it. Um, but like besides that, I've never really gone to like see fireworks. I think maybe a couple of times when I was in high school. But I think one of the most upsetting parts of it is that there's all this hubbub about getting there and getting a spot, and that shit's over in like eleven minutes. Yeah, it's how, how long would you how long would you like it to go on for? Well, the Disney fireworks go on for quite some time, and it's a whole production. There's music. There's like a it's it's amazing, right? I think the other thing about local fireworks that sucks is I'm like, did anybody like choreograph this? Because you guys are just fucking shooting shit up into the sky. And then another thing that bothers me is like just around July 4th is like people because I think in New Jersey, you're not supposed to have fireworks like personal fireworks. They changed though. No, they changed a lot. Now fireworks are illegal in New Jersey. We we used to have to get them from Pennsylvania. Oh, you can even buy them here now? Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought that you still had to go to Pennsylvania to buy them. No, you get them at Target. They sell them at Target and Walmart. Target and Walmart? Yeah. Oh, goodness. I don't like all the noise. <laughs> you are, like- you know, just like those homophobes were like attacking Target for Pride Month. You should do that <laughs> with the fireworks. <laughs> this is dangerous for my kids. It is. I don't like it. Um... Something recently that's been happening that I wanted to get your take on because you love Bruce Springsteen and you love a concert, you enjoy a concert, mm-hmm. is that recently there's a phenomenon of people throwing things on the stage of the concert that they're at okay. to give to the artist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been not so great. Two, I think BB Rexa and another person, I don't know what their name is, but uh, somebody threw their phones at someone. I don't know why they would do that or some other sharp object and they hurt their faces and had to get stitches. Um, Pink. (laughs) There's a clip of Pink at a concert and somebody threw a bag of their mother's ashes. What? (laughs) Why? (laughs) At Pink. And Pink said, I don't know what to do with this. Another person, real. I was going to go before I go on. Yeah, the like the limited knowledge I have of Pink fans, I know that she has some like fervent fans, like they are crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so like a mom telling her daughter that she wants her ashes at the Pink concert kind of tracks for me because some of those ladies would. I would. I, I do get that. Okay, sure. But then another person handed her a full wheel of brie cheese. <laughs> Now, what's the significance of that? I don't know. 
But I wanted to ask you, if you could give Bruce Springsteen something at a concert, what would you give him? Well, the easy answer is obviously, um, as any Bruce fan knows, is that he takes special requests. Um, uh-huh. And he takes special requests if you make a sign. Um, oh. So the the the, the greatest uh, honor as a fan is if you're at a concert and Bruce spots your sign and then you throw it up on stage and then he plays the song. Oh. So that's what I would do. Oh, what would you request? Jungle Land. Okay. <laughs> Why would you request Jungle Land? What's that song I, about? That's my favorite. That was my first favorite Bruce song. Oh, okay. That's yes. sweet. Yeah. Oh, you. What would you was, What would I do? Well, I yeah. was, I did um, go to the Adele concert when I was pregnant. I was like five, five months pregnant with Noah. And that was one of the most magical concert experiences of my life. Um, and I don't know if I would necessarily want to give her anything, but I wouldn't have minded it if she rubbed my belly. <laughs> <laughs> You, do you want like a hug from Adele? Is that kind of like the the vibe there? Is you just wanted her to chat and hang out with you? And yeah, like I just want to like, I, if she brought me up on stage and was like, yeah. hey, how far along are you? Do you know what you're having? What are you going to name the baby? And then she rubbed the baby and then maybe said was like, let me, you know. Yeah, let me get the baby. I'll sing a song tell- and then I'll come back. Yeah, no, or like tell the baby like, then that one day, you know, I could have told Noah, hey, Noah, Adele patted your head. There you go. When you were in my belly, you know that yeah. would have been nice, but she didn't do that. She walked. I right guess Adele hates her fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that there's anything. Ni- I don't understand why people are throwing things on stage. That's crazy. That doesn't crazy. Yeah, there's this. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any good because every time you see people throwing stuff on stage, it's always usually bad, right? Like nobody yeah. ever goes, "Hey, thanks for throwing this up on stage." Yeah, and like let's just not throw things. You know what? I think across the board, let's st- stop throwing things. There's let's no reason to throw anything. Stop hoarding American flags. Why are we selling fireworks at Target and Walmart? Why are we throwing things? Yeah, like stop The only things. time you should be throwing something is if you're throwing away the garbage or throwing a ball at somebody yeah, who's ready to ball. catch it. Exactly. That's very no important. Throwing. Yes. No unsuspecting throwing. Because that is Everything else can just be handed off. Hand it off, picked up. You don't want to like meet somebody. I'm sure you can send like you know a robot or something like that. There's yeah, no reason I, to throw anything. No, and you know what? If my husband is listening to this, this is a special message to him because he's always trying to throw something to me, and I'm always <laughs> like, I don't. I'm not going to catch it. I need you to just walk two steps and hand it to me. And he's like, No, catch it. And I'm like, No, I, it's it's never going to happen. I'm never going to be able to catch it because I don't know how to catch. I learned that by 1997. You can't catch. I can't. You, you, you slap your hands and the object hits your face. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Every time. And it's so sad because my kids are exactly the same. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> they have my catching skills. But they're so genuinely excited when they do catch it. And also their father is so excited for them when they catch it. And I'm like, oh, look at that. <laughs> anyway, um, I've been binging the bear. Mm-hmm. And I finished it. I finished both seasons. And you also finished both. Well, you watched the first season. And then That's you true. just finished season two. Correct. Can we discuss it? Absolutely. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. 
Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Uh, this might be my favorite show right now. I think it's definitely my favorite show right now. Um, Mm -hmm. especially with Succession and Barry ending. Yeah. Um, so, like, next season of The Bear is the season that I'm looking forward to the most, I think. Yeah. Um, and that's because, so, I watched season one last year when it came mm-hmm. out, and I had, like, this really fond memory of it, mm-hmm. right? And any anyone, you know, anytime anybody would ask me for, like, recommendations, I'd be like, oh, watch The Bear. Because it's just mm-hmm. a really great, fun show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I forgot how much I, like, I forgot a lot of, like, the details about the show or whatever. When I started season two, it's, like, the biggest leap I think I've ever seen in a show between season one and season two. Season two is incredible. Yeah. I feel like season one was like great for setting up like the general vibe of the characters and getting them like to like each other or hate each other Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. But season two, the deep dives that we took on some of these characters, I was like, my God. And then also on top of that, just like how beautifully the show is made, I feel like by season two. Amazing. Yep. It was incredible. Season one, I love the episode where um, it's the, you know, the single take scenes where Carmi loses his mind yeah. and they have too many pre-orders and uh, Sydney <laughs> stabs cousin in the butt and Marcus quits and all that stuff. That's a great episode. But in season two, I felt like every single episode was just so beautifully made um, I really enjoyed the season um, episode four where Marcus goes to yep. Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. And did you know that that man is British? The guy yeah, who. Older. Yeah, I did not know that he was British. Yes. Somehow so much more handsome. You got, you know, it's the hair. Because like, it is the like... hair. It's the hair. And you know what? Also with Jeremy Allen White, it's also the hair. His hair well, is doing most of the heavy lifting. It's, I think you said it's the hair and the forearms. The forearms are very impressive. Yes, the tattooed fingers are also <laughs> helping, and the gigantic blue eyes. Yes. Yeah. Um, all, of it. all of it. But I, I, I really enjoyed that episode. I because in in season one, I liked Sydney. I liked everybody, but I loved Marcus immediately in season one mm-hmm. when he's like really gets into making cakes and really enjoys what he's doing. And you learn like why he decided to start baking because he was working at like a whatever job and he just he enjoyed he enjoyed the sandwiches there and they were like hey we're looking for somebody to make bread so he was like all right sure I'll do it so I just really enjoyed Marcus in season one so it was exciting to see him as you know just do a a Marcus only episode in season two um the what was what was your favorite episode of season two uh so if we just go back a little bit, I think the I enjoyed all of season one. The mm-hmm. scene that I kept going back to a lot was that flashback of him in New York. Remember when he's like at that at the fancy and yeah, uh, what's this guy's Joe McHale, right? Yeah, that scene with Joe McHale. I do uh, like I don't go to fine dining establishments or whatever, but mm-hmm. I love watching scenes like that. You know, like really, really beautiful. Uh, photography of food or whatever yeah um, so my memory of that in season one was just like okay it it's really cool that i saw that also in the middle of all this chaos 
Right? Yeah. And I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the chaos. It was really fun or whatever. Season two, um, I think my it, it kept changing. Like, what was my favorite episode? What was the, is it the second or third episode when Sydney goes kind of like on her, like her, 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 I think it's episode three, episode three. Right. Yeah. So the first time I watched that, I was like, that may be like the most delicious episode of TV I've ever seen. Just like how the food looks yeah, how they're enjoying it and that stuff. Right. Um, And then, yeah, I was like, well, no, fuck that. The Marcus episode is my favorite episode. Yeah. Right. And then you get to like the big Christmas episode and you're like, oh my God, like the show just keeps getting better and better. Right. And then you go from the heaviness of the Christmas episode to the Richie episode. And you're just like, fuck it. Bear, you win. You win the bear. (laughs) Yes. I want, what would your bear name be? You know, there's, there's obviously Carmi bear, sugar Mm -hmm. bear. I'm assuming it was Mikey bear. We even have Claire bear. What would you be? Oh, I didn't. I, you know what? I, I didn't put that together until you just said that right now. I didn't know that they had bear names. Yeah, because their last name is Berzado. I guess Lolly Bear, right? Lolly, Lolly Bear. bear would be the yeah, that bear. would be yours. That would be yours. Yeah. Um, I don't would think I like have. A, yeah, I don't have a Annie bear name. Bear? No, I guess it could be any bear, but I don't like that. I guess because it, it also like- sounds like any bear, like could just be anyone. Very. Oh, you're gonna. You're yeah. gonna hate this, but obviously the uh, the the go to is Mama Bear, which I think you hate because of... I fucking hate <laughs> Mama Bear. Okay, I fucking it is so it is Mama Bear is like the live laugh love of millennials. <laughs> Mama Bear, you know I'm just being a Mama Bear, like or a lot, like a lot of times on Facebook, like fake Facebook mom groups and stuff. When yeah. women are complaining about like somebody did such and such thing to my child or something happened at school, they're always like, and you know me, Mama Bear had to come out. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> I, I am so glad you said that because as a man, <laughs> I have noticed that. And I'm like, you sound like a fucking moron. Right? <laughs> I you can't say anything. Hate don't cross it. a Mama Bear. Okay. You're just a suburban white lady. Relax. <laughs> yeah. Get back in your Kia Telluride and shut the hell up. <laughs> Yeah, I hate it. I hate Mama Bear so yeah. much. And because with Mama Bear comes Papa Bear. Yeah. Oh, you no. know what? Guys. Papa Bear is a pervert. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about we're not bears? How about that? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um Anyway, back to the show. I I love I loved it. Yeah, the Richie episode was amazing, and then even just the finale, like the finale episode, is so good because again, I love a single a single take, and they did mm-hmm. that quite a bit, right? They love yes. they keep kind of going into the dining room and then back into the kitchen, and and just the the you know the difference, the stark difference between like the chillness in the di- in the dining room versus yeah. the chaos in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just wonderful. It's a it was such a beautiful show. It just made me it's- so happy. That's the thing. It's really good and it's really easy to watch. I think both seasons, season one mm-hmm. and season two, I finished in like, I think two and a half days, both times. Like it was just oh, like wow. a weekend watch for me. Yeah. 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 Everybody should watch it. It's on Hulu. Yeah. Um, the one yeah. other thing about the bear is yeah. that, does it give you Chicago envy? I think it gives me Chicago envy. It doesn't because, you know, I I watched Jeremy Allen White on Shameless for like 10 years. So I'm like, whatever. It's fine. I did. What's ironic is uh, yesterday was my 12 year wedding anniversary. And one of my really good friends went to Chicago for a couple of months to help out her parents. Mm -hmm. 
And when she finally moved back to Jersey, she gave – we went out for like a, a, a birthday dinner for one of our friends. And she gave us all Giordano's pizzas. Yeah. Like the frozen ones. But they're like from mm-hmm. Giordano's proper. So yeah. we had that last night, Fahad and I, for like our anniversary meal. We got to, ha- and then I got to watch the Richie episode where he gets the deep dish pizza at the fancy, fancy restaurant. Damn. So I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like I did not get any Chicago envy because New York, not to sound like an asshole, but <laughs> New York's got a lot of really nice restaurants too. So, so it's not just the food. I do, you know, I, I know that Chicago has like a food scene uh, or like a very specific Chicago food scene, which I, I the last time that I went, I did kind of get to delve into that. And it was really mm-hmm. nice and lovely and all that stuff. I think in general, um, Chicago is if I couldn't be from New Jersey, I think Chicago is where I would want to be from. You are definitely you would fit so well in Chicago. I think like between like the sports stuff and the food stuff and just the cultural stuff, I think I would I would fit in very well the well there. Yeah. It has to do with the Bulls is probably what what it has to do with. Like ninety five <laughs> through ninety eight. Big yeah. memory for me. So Yeah. Do you feel you but you feel very connected to New Jersey, don't you? Oh, I'm New Jersey through and through. Yeah, you are. But if you could, you wouldn't mind living in Chicago. I would I not like mind would, a Chicago yeah. experience. I do think that you would thrive so well there. You know, I think I'd get along with the whites there, too. Oh, yeah. But I feel like you get along with most whites. Yeah. Me? Not so much. Questionable. Questionable. I would go as far as saying sometimes I feel unsafe around them. <laughs> <laughs> I've had trauma. I don't know what to tell you, okay? I'm sorry. Um, anyway, going back to the show, um, do you think that uh, Carmi is a good guy? Uh, overall, yeah, I think he is. I think he tries his best all the time. He's obviously very talented. Um, and I think to be as talented as he is and to keep succeeding in that mm-hmm. profession, which, by the way, I don't understand it. I don't understand why being a chef is so hard, but obviously it is. Because you have to put in like all these crazy hours or whatever. Yeah. Also, it feels very like structured. Like I didn't, you know, like I've been watching Top Chef and fucking Food Network for my entire mm-hmm. life. And I never realized like how intense it is, even though obviously to me, I'm always like, okay, I think you guys are like pushing it. Like sometimes when everybody's like sweating during like a quick fire on Top Chef, I'm like, I think you guys are are being a little ridiculous. But for some reason watching the bear, I'm now like, oh, I see. It is really hard. Cause you do have to be very, it's a very like, it's almost like uh like military level. Yeah, you have to be extremely detailed. And you know, that's the thing. Like, so now I understand why somebody would pay as much as they do at these fine dining establishments, right? I get like the amount of effort that goes into it. Sometimes like the actual material that you're eating is expensive to like get also. Yeah. For me, I don't look at food that way. So, you know, it seems like I understand like you're putting all this effort into it, but it's also like, why are you putting this much effort into it? Like, I'm sure this, I'm sure this bite is delicious, but have you ever had like Popeye's? Because Popeye's is also awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It's also awesome. Yeah, exactly. Just as satisfied. So, yes. I don't understand fine dining. I'm not going to lie. Even though I will spend money on fine dining, like we've had very good meals, right? We've gone to a Mm -hmm. couple of nice places and I've had some very delicious meals. But I would say that most of the meals that I still remember are not those kinds of 
dining places. But maybe it's because I'm just not, I don't have a sophisticated palate. Maybe that's what it is. That's probably what it is. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's a mix of both, right? I'm sure you can recall a very nice fine dining meal that you had, but you can also recall like a 2 a.m. Taco Bell meal, you know, with just as yeah. much affinity. So, yeah. Um, I know I don't love Taco Bell. Oh, what do you, what is your preference at 2 a.m.? Um, probably pizza. I love pizza, any pizza. I'd prefer to eat that or just ice cream. Nice. Yeah. But if I'm going to be eating fast food, I've mentioned this before. Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. Of course. Easy. And french fries. But recently, I've gone back to McDonald's. Oh. And I love a cheeseburger with medium fries, Mm -hmm. four-piece chicken nuggets, and Big Mac sauce. It's a perfect meal. uh, So I'm assuming the Big Mac sauce comes in a little tub? Like yeah. a little container. Am I dipping the cheeseburger in it? Okay. Yes, of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're not taking it out and putting it on the cheeseburger? No, because I like a dip. I enjoy a dip. <laughs> and then because then I'm also worried also. if I put it all in the cheeseburger, I won't have enough for the chicken nuggets because that's really <laughs> what it's for. For a little while, oh. Wendy's had spicy chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. So anyway. Uh, yeah, I love the show. I I think Carmi's a good guy. I bet I think that he is deeply traumatized and he needs to deal with his demons because his mother, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, is amazing. Like, <laughs> I, you know, like a couple months ago, we were talking about like how Jamie Lee Curtis won for her stupid hot dog fingers and everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. I was like, oh, whatever. I mean, I know she's good, but she's not. How good is she? <laughs> I was like, Jamie Lee Curtis is really good at acting, you guys. She's, yeah, she's very she's good. so good. Just two, uh, like, obviously episode six, which is a Christmas episode of The Bear. Like, that one was heavy on the Jamie Lee Curtis. But the finale episode where she's just in that one scene, I was bawling. <laughs> she's so good. And it's so interesting because, like, I – as a parent, it was I, was I was talking to my friend Allie about this because she loves the bear also. Also, can we just talk about the music in the bear? The music is so good. It's all like early 2000s indie music. I'm like, what am I in college? What is this, Garden State? <laughs> like, it's so good. Anyway, she and I were talking about it. And, you know, it's hard because when you grow up in like chaos, you grow yeah. up thinking that that's what you deserve. So like Carmi not being able to like always worrying that the other shoe is going to drop is literally because that was, that's been his entire life. Right. And then kind of like in order to like break that cycle or like outgrow that you have to detach yourself and do your own thing. But as a parent who is providing the chaos, there is this, that scene where she has, where she's like, I don't know how to be happy for them. It is so sad because, you know, we've talked about this, that sometimes you have to remember that your parents are just people too, that like have a hard time doing things. Mm -hmm. And the mom is just struggling with like, with like what she is in her life when she's not a mom, what she is in her life when her kids don't need her anymore. And like, because so much of all the things she does where she's making this elaborate feast and this big dinner that no one's going to eat and she wants everyone out of the kitchen, but she also wants to do it all by herself. And then when she does it all by herself, she's mad that nobody appreciates her and everybody like that is very, it's, 
it's yes, she's obviously a person with like mental health issues and she's a more extreme version of it. But I would be lying if I said that as a mother, I have not thought those things myself, right? Of like, I have to do everything myself because everybody else sucks at it. And then when I do it all myself, no one appreciates it. And if I wasn't here anymore, nobody would even think about me. Like, those are. <laughs> hey. hey. What? What? No, I'm just. Oh, you muted yourself by accident. I said that. Or maybe on purpose. (laughs) I was saying something nice. What were you saying? I was just saying that's tough. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Why are you being so nice to me? Is it because I. Yeah, it's just the 4th of July. The 4th of July, his parents just lifted me up. It's what the (laughs) forefathers would have wanted. Oh, the forefathers would have wanted you to berate me. Let's be clear. (laughs) Yes. The forefathers would be like, who gave this bitch a mic? What's yeah, a mic? The, the forefathers would have I had, had some questions about my standing also. The, the forefathers would have called me a witch for having a yeah. microphone. That's true. <laughs> Amplifying your your voice. <laughs> anyway, uh, I love the bear. I think everybody should watch it. Um, I love this stupid, stupid show. No, it's not stupid. It's perfect. I love mm-hmm. Richie. I love the Richie episode. I think that was my favorite episode of yeah. the entire season. And um, and I love um, Abigail yet. I love her because she, to me, feels like the kind of sister I think that I might be. Oh, that's aspirational. What? <laughs> and a lie. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I do see that. I do see that. I was actually going to ask you, um, as somebody that hosts a lot and that cooks yeah. for a lot of people, uh-huh. that thing that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis as a mom is doing where she wants credit she uh-huh. wants the chaos, but uh-huh. then she's also resentful. Uh-huh. When you're making food for a lot of people, right? I know uh-huh. that, is there like a thing where you're like, fuck you all, get out of my kitchen? No. And then there isn't. No. Because you want as I, many helping hands as possible? Well, no, no, no. I always cook early enough where nobody needs to help me. Got it. But like... When when everybody's like, whenever we've had people over and I'm like, you know, getting ready to put the food out and stuff and a bunch of people come into the kitchen and they're like, oh, how can I help you? I don't need everybody's help. I only need my husband's help. That's the only person I think. If it's my house and I'm hosting something, the only person that should be in the kitchen to help me should be my spouse, the father of my children, the other person on the mortgage. It shouldn't be any of the guests. That's how I feel about it. So. Wow. My God. They're just trying, they're just trying to help, man. They're not trying to be rude. No, Please no, it's not about them. No, they're wonderful. I appreciate them helping. But where's my husband? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's always there. He's helping. He's always on garbage duty. As soon as that garbage bag fills up, he's like, oh, let me get this out. Yeah, That's exactly. something I should throw away. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, any other thoughts about the bear or July 4th or America as a whole? Um. I don't think so. Does the uh, I guess the last thing on the bears great guest stars. Oh my god! Oh my god! How are you in it? How are what are you doing here, Sarah Paulson? You like literally like turn a corner and it's like oh it's Olivia Coleman and she's okay. Olivia Coleman being in that episode threw me for a loop. I was like, what are you doing here, Queen Elizabeth? Um. Yeah, and she's so good. And like, I also, also in season one, did you know that Molly Ringwald was in yeah. Alcoholics Anonymous? 
Yeah, she's like one of the addiction counselors, I think. Is that what yeah. she's like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in like Al Anon. Um, so that was amazing. But also, yeah, in season two, there's so many cameos, and I do wonder to myself, like, how do they do that? Is it just because season one was like so beloved that they got everybody to so. do it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It was just so excellent. And none like, of them felt like awkward. All of them felt completely fine. Like yeah, I also, yeah, I also, yeah, I also think that in in um, episode six, when there are all those cameos, it almost added to the chaos that you're already feeling within that episode of like, who are they? How's everyone related? But then you're like, why is Bob Odenkirk here? Is he yeah. married to them? Is that their dad? Is that their stepdad? Like how Sarah, why do they keep calling, you know, Sarah Paulson's also calling Jimmy Unk. So that's not his daughter. Like I, I almost, it added to that, like that anxiety that you feel Mm -hmm. watching that episode. So that's also why I loved it. Yeah. Because I think like, you know, at that point you have so much like invested in like Carmi and sugar, you know what I mean? Like as characters. Yeah. Yeah. So like when, somebody else comes in and you know you have to kind of like they have to come in with weight right because you already you're carrying all this weight of these two other people yeah and the way to do that with like is with big big uh, guest stars right because it's like okay this person must be important because an important person is is playing them so yeah it's amazing all right well that's it for this episode. I'll be back later this week to talk about something really exciting real. I'm going to tell you what it is, but don't lose your top, okay? Mm-hmm. Last night, uh, People Magazine said that Kyle Richards and Mauricio Omensky are separating after 27 years oh, of marriage. Oh, uh, Beverly Hills, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was supposed to be like the great love story on that the, show the greatest love story of our housewives time however this morning kyle put out a, a, a message that a joint uh message between her and mauricio that not to believe any rumors because um they had a hard year but they're not divorcing so like mm, okay whatever Do you that think means, there's kyle. an affair in there most likely real people on the internet and I don't agree with this because I don't think that, that this is like, I think that it gets murky. Yeah. People on the internet think that she might be sleeping with a woman. Ooh. I know. Very exciting, exciting. times. Very yeah. exciting times. Anyway, so I'll be back later this week to talk to Ray Sani about all of um, all the divorces on Bravo lately. Huh. Yeah. Sorry, oh, you're not invited. Hard. That's okay. <laughs>